Thanks for tuning into the Builder series of Stacker Chats, where we connect with the amazing folks building on Bitcoin via Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by special guest Asteria of the Cybeta Guild today. You might know him as the 15-year-old Stack celebrity. Thank you so much for being here, Asteria. Hi, it's a pleasure. Um, I love doing these sorts of things, so doing one with you will be a great adventure. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so I'd love to dive in by hearing about how you got into Bitcoin and Stacks. All right. So first Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin was an accident. Um, I started trading um, cryptos like sometime last year. I can't remember anything past January because everything's been so crazy since then. Um but I think it was sometime last year I started trading in cryptos and I was just building out some or planning other projects I wanted to build. Um, and then sold all my other cryptos, just bought into Bitcoin and then held and did other stuff, right? I was at school back then. Um, and then it was stacks um, in January. I, I think I accidentally discovered stacks about a week after the launch. Um, I was looking for tech stacks because I was bored um, to find what tools I should use for my next project. And I accidentally discovered, I accidentally um, found stacks.co, right? And I was really interested, especially since I had some Bitcoin and I knew the basics of like how Ethereum worked. And ever, well, after that, I had like a sort of, well, you could say basic idea to like, try and create some sort of decentralized social network um, called the metaverse before the metaverse hype was coming around. Um, and that's why this little organization that was called metaverse at the start then turned into the Labs 3 and which is now presumably named the Savita Guild. Um, and that's where we are today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, as you've mentioned, you're one of the major contributors, sort of creators of the Cybeta Guild. And um, Cybeta Guild, I've heard described as a DAO and a force for global good, um, unified through Bitcoin and the and following the implicit values behind it. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about sort of how it got started and also um yeah, I'd, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into sort of those implicit Bitcoin values that really guide you and your work. Sure. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we, we started off, um, I think it was Uncle Mantis was my first friend on the Discord, I found. We started chatting in DMs, um, just talking over ideas, um, looking at stuff. And basically, we formed this new channel on a Discord called... Um, metaverse where we, we where we were planning out this um, a decentralized social network like Bitcoin well following Bitcoin's values of decentralization over things like proof of stake and things like this um, completely censorship free all of that good stuff but we didn't we wanted to do it in a way that didn't have any compromises right so a lot of the decentralized social networks right now for example like one off the top of my head was Mastodon 
Um, Mastodon is really cool because people own their own data. But what was the limit of Mastodon is it's too, um, well, at least back then we thought it was too restrictive, right? Even though it's quote-unquote decentralized, you still have effectively one server, which is one of the main Mastodon servers run run by the developers, where they own your data. So it's not really bridging this like perception of you owning your data, right? Um, so we wanted to do a separate way where we could build something like Discord, something like Reddit, something like Twitter, all on the same infrastructure underneath, the decentralized infrastructure underneath, uh, where you could like tip each other in Bitcoin instantly and all amazing stuff. And that's effectively how we got started on that project. Um, and as we as we scoped this out, um, our ideas started getting traction. There were people coming into our channel just asking questions. And then we popped up, well, I popped up with the idea of a SDX mining pool, aka SciPool. Um, and SciPool is or was meant to be a effectively a custodial mining pool so people can pull all their Bitcoin together to mine SDX together uh, because of the limits. Well, in, in order to effectively mine with POS style tokens whether that be modern city coins or SDS tokens and stuff like this um, generally if you want to make a consistent profit there's a sort of minimum a minimum amount of capital to get started because um, I think at the moment the bids for a block go for about 400,000 sats per person and that's every 10 minutes right so if you wanted to mine for let's say a day that's quite a lot of bitcoin you've got to spend and because there are lots of other miners, there's not a, you don't know you're going to make a profit. And you, there is a chance in that scenario that you lose all 144 blocks and you lose a ton of money, right? Um, so pools are designed specifically to counter this where lots of small people can get together or like small in the terms of capital um, and pull their capital together to become the largest one effectively. Um the many become one and then they avoid this risk of losing everything because they have the capital behind them um and that way you get a very stable mining ecosystem right so after well we developed that idea for a while um and other projects started coming up right um i remember getting on a call with well I, I met Pat, I applied for freehold. That was that I remember doing that. Um, I did some of the community quests on there. That's how I got my like CM3 roles and Telegram moderator roles at the start. Um, and just, just helping out, um, making sure all the channels work and people know what they're doing, you know, just participating in the community. Um, and through that, I met Patrick. Um, and Patrick and I developed a relationship and we're great friends now. Um, and one, one day, I think some, some like silly time after I've eaten, um, he calls me up and says, Hey, I've got a really good idea. I think it was like a three and a half minute call. Right. And he then pitched to me the idea of having a POS token where 30% went to the city which happened to be called City Coins. Well, this was the project that turned out to be uh, T 
turned out to come out as city coins. So I thought this was this was really big, right? Um, we built. We thought like we need to get this done as soon as possible, and we went like completely crazy for the next three months building it all out from stretch. Um, and yeah, so we I postponed and paused development on Cypool, um to work on city coins. Um, worked on city coins for a while, um, then created pools and as such. And one of the early development things with city coins was, I think it was like a few days after the tour rate. Um, it was, we were discussing on a name, like we didn't have a name for this idea yet. We know what we were doing, but you know, didn't have the name. So I proposed Saivita for the city coins project. Right. So I got, I got the Saivita name from Civitas or Civitas, not sure how to pronounce Latin. Um, but yeah, from Latin, which was a group of people. Well, it was a, a sort of metaphoric translation meaning city. Right. And then I spun it around and it became Saivita spelt how it is today. But. I, I put this in the chat and no one responded to me for like a couple of hours. And then I thought through it. I was like, you know what? This is by this time, um, the metaverse, whatever Saivita is, was back then had changed its name previously to lab story, right? Pretty generic. Um, but I came up with this idea for the city coins and no one seemed to see it in the chat. And no one replied to me. I thought this was a really good name. We can use this. So I quickly deleted the message and I just said, yeah, let's just go with City Coins. Um, and then proceeded to steal the um, Saivita name for ourselves, um, which is how Saivita Deal got named. Um, as a, as a, it was a coincidence that it means, well, it, a little, oh, well, if you go back and look at the history of like Civitas, it is a, well, they were the members of, I think it was the Roman, a sort of parliament of people that were citizens who voted, right? Uh, they were, they helped basically build the law. And this is, this is one of the things about Savita, right? Our code is law. So that's how Savita works. So we're a group of people who um, create new laws and new systems and run by trustless systems through code, right? And that's one of our core values. Um, so also, um, I think the logo for Saivita, um was came from a Mandalorian emoji in the Discord channel, the Discord server. I think Charlie uploaded it when I was looking through the Discord moderator channels, right? Um, and effectively... We started using it on our messages a lot. I don't know why. Maybe it was just to show like a sign of we agreed with something like to show strength or whatever. We just started using it and reacting to messages when we agreed with it or like we're up for it. And I had a random idea. I was like, hey, we can use this for the logo for the Savita Guild, right? Um, so I quickly copied and pasted it into Figma, drew, drew over it a pretty bad, pretty bad... Um, outline of it and then handed it off to a more proficient designer who then took it and made it what it is today and we've kept it ever since and ever since then city twins grew, grew really quickly 
New York came and here we are today, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many projects that uh, Saivita is involved in. Um, there is a really great State of the Union recently that we'll link to in the description so folks can learn more. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear about anything that you'd want to sort of highlight in particular among those projects, um, maybe around sort of the New York City Coin launch or um, anything else that's most top of mind for you and what you're putting focus toward. Sure. So we've got a ton of projects. As you said, um, there's, uh, there's some of them I can't keep up with. Uh, and that it was, it was, it wasn't too long ago. Um, like it might've been last week or something when I realized I could no longer keep on track, keep track of all the messages in our Discord. And that was the moment for me when I felt we've done it. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's sort of flowing by itself, right? Members, other I don't have to lead this as much anymore, right? And that was a massive moment for me. Um, really, really weird nostalgic moment there. Um, so some of the some of the main projects that are going on right now are one city coins. We're big contributors of the city coins project, whether that be through pools or front ends for the code or just general community. Um, I think in our most recent pool, well, for the for the uh, New York coin. The first pool that we ran, um, it had almost 500 participants in it. So that was pretty cool. Um, raised over $2.3 million. Um, the second pool, which we just finished raising for, I think we started that sometime Sunday, Monday. Um, and we raised, I think, well, we tapped the pool at um, a million STX. So that's like, I don't know what that is, like $1.9 million. Um so, but that we reached that a lot quicker. I think that was in like less than 48 hours from the community. Um, so that's one of our big projects. Um, second project would be, hmm, let's think about it. DAO OS. DAO OS is quite a big project that Drew has been working on. Uh, Drew is a longtime friend of mine. Um, I saw him in the Discord talking about like creating a DAO framework. Right, this uh, back in the day. Back in the day was like a few months ago. That's crazy. Um, and effectively, I sent him a message and just talk, spoke to him about like um, how we're working, and he spoke to me about the project. And it was like an instant click, right? Um, because he was building the frameworks and tools we need to build a DAO, and Savita doesn't have a DAO platform or does it operate in a formal DAO yet, right? So it was an instant click within like five minutes of just messaging each other. And we thought, and thereon, um, he became part of Saivita and he is the project lead for DAO West, um, which is really good. So um, DAO West, well, a spin, a version of DAO West is Miami Voice, which you may have heard of because it won number one in the Miami Joint Hackathon. Um, so that will enable effectively citizens of Miami to use the Miami coin to vote on decisions, right? Um, and to show support, like direct support rather than indirect economic support, right? So um, that's Dow West. Um, that's going to be really cool for, well, just build your DAO. So it's, it's sort of DAOs without all the clarity knowledge, right? Um, because we want to open up opportunities for people to 
create their own communities without having to know everything, right? Because no one will know everything. And I think that's one of the important things we miss in crypto. Like everyone here currently is quite proficient in crypto, but the idea of the whole crypto and Bitcoin industry is that everyone will use it. So we have to remember that this could be like your granny. You have to be talking to you as well. And it has to work for everyone, right? Um, that's the whole idea. But going on too too far on that. That's iOS. Um, next one would have to be, let's think about this, um, Holtoin. Holtoin is a project, tool project, um, quite a recent one. Um, it's effectively a POS light token type project where a sort of like Miami coin where 30% goes towards uh, a different entity rather than the holders, right? Um, so in the case of Holtoin, we've expanded the POS like token, uh, like consensus to effectively send that 30% into a DAO, right? Um, and then this is a DAO that holds all those, that 30%, therefore they have assets, right? And that the purpose of this DAO is to fund healthy um, healthy companies, effectively. Um, companies or entities producing healthy products that the DAO thinks is like being nice to people, right? So think about it. You could have something like a whole coin compliant um, company where they sell healthy products that could be like organic or something like that. They're homegrown, you know, whatever. Um, and perhaps in order to be whole coin compliant you have to um, accept bitcoin on your site for payments uh you could you have to accept a discount for holders of whole coin and stuff like this to promote decentralization of the token and you there's lots of things that DAO to do it because they have full control over it that's that's one of the big things about this so they'd be able to release funds to smaller uh, less than the monopoly companies, right? Um, ones that aren't completely dominating and own the entire food industry. So that's that's was actually started by a guy called Brian, who uh, messaged me on Discord again, um, who owns a noodle company, right? And he was really excited about stats and Bitcoin. He was really hyped for it, and he still is, right? And he is project lead on Holtoin now. So... Um, some Siberians are working on the smart contracts, probably as we speak. Um, but that's Holtoin. That's the general gist of Holtoin. Um, cool. We've got a bunch. Um, <laughs> do you want me to go over a few more? Or I think that will. Um, I think that's an excellent overview of some of the some of the ones that are in progress, and we'll link out to more resources and, and where people can find um, additional information. But. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about sort of the tools that you're using to build all of these within the Stacks ecosystem um, and sort of like what, what shines in your opinion and what you're excited for future progress on. Sure. So um, the majority of our work happens, well, the tools we use, a lot of them, um, you know, obviously they come from Hero. Like at this point, you should know our developer tools are turned from Hero. They're, they're the best. They help build Stats itself. They built Stats.js. They built the API. All these fantastic things that the Stats ecosystem wouldn't be where it is today without them, right? Um, so uh, some of their stuff is absolutely awesome. Um, 
especially especially clarinet clarinet's awesome right um clarinet we use for every single one of our smart contract applications so when we're talking about things like city coins or whole coin or any of these other big like projects that have clarity smart contracts in them typically the contracts are not like a few like 80 lines of code right they're usually in the hundreds of lines of code across multiple contracts right and to pick out um and find bugs in that sort of thing is very difficult right especially just the hand check it right um so clarinet lets us check that it's what we've written is valid clarity right that's that's the big thing first and also run thousands and thousands of tests on our code right because one of the benefits about stats is contracts are mutable right so um when a contract is released it cannot be changed ever it cannot be deleted that's the way of the chain i suppose right um so it's especially important to have a fully working smart contract right so no no you have to avoid any bugs as possible um it's it's quite in, it's way more important to have a bugless smart contract than it is for a front end or like a web app right uh because you're talking what in a bunch let's take a bunch as an example right um they they even if they lose someone's funds right they have control of it and they can instantly refund right you can sort it out you can sue them right but in our case the downside of a smart contract is you cannot sue it right so if it goes wrong in the future if it gets hacked or something like this or if just something goes wrong then um you're in for a bit hard time right um and there is nothing you can do about this. For example, I mean, we learned this the hard way, right? Um, we, in the first Miami pools, um, we lot, well, I have lot about 5.5 million Miami coin in a smart contract that is forever gone, right? We know it's there. We can see it in the stacks that's for, and it will never move for thousands of years to come, but we cannot access it. I think I don't know what that's worth. It's gotta be worth at least the hundred k US, right? And that is effectively stuck in that contract forever. Um, so we definitely learned that the hard way. Um, and now we put thousands of tests, hundreds of them on our all of our projects to make sure things like this don't happen. Um, and doing anything without heroes tools like Clarinet um, would be probably impossible right um running thousands of tests in a relatively new language that doesn't have for example say javascript right javascript has many many test frameworks many many runtimes um, loads of support for it clarity however is quite new right so there's not as many test frameworks to run with right um and also because of the nature of it it's quite unique in its nature because it has a state, right? Um, it has a state that's constantly changing through a blockchain and it handles real finance. It, they're very unique, right? Smart contracts are very unique and clarity is a very unique language. Um, and because of that, it's a lot more difficult to run tests on it. Um, 
and but thank God for like clarinet and all the other, especially like the API too. Um, API Heroes API is used in practically every D app um, and is supported in quite a significant proportion of the infrastructure in the ecosystem. And it's really being pushed forward by everyone, right? And it's really, it's the majority of the ecosystem is using Heroes open, open hosted API or are running Heroes API on their own servers, but it's still Heroes Toad, right? Uh, so the there's a significant Heroes tools have effectively built up and bootstrapped the deal to where it is today and the majority of projects. And yeah, that's that's the main developer tools, I'd say, that are unique to us, right? Of course, we use JavaScript frameworks like React and Svelte. All of these things we know. But, like, but the unique thing is the clarity and the blockchain stuff, right? And we couldn't have done that without Heroes tools. Great. Thank you so much. And um, I'm curious about, you know, what do you see as sort of like the next wave of adoption when it comes to both stacks and sort of how it enables greater Bitcoin adoption or this programmable layer for Bitcoin? Um, sort of like future looking, um, yeah, any thoughts on sort of like how we get there or um, the, the things that would be vital to see um, as we move forward? Well, um, I'd say the, hmm, I think sponsored transactions are going to be really big, right? Um, sponsored transactions are a pretty unique thing, I think, um, effectively where you can get someone else to pay the SDX used to your desk, right? SDX is by nature, it, it was designed as a gas token, Right. Um, so not everyone will own it. Bitcoin Maxis might not want to own it. Um, instead, they they just want to keep Bitcoin, and that's fine. Right. Um, in fact, you could even say that maybe uh, Manib and the other founders actually intended for this and designed for this with sponsored transactions, where other SDS addresses or contracts can pay. Well, just addresses contracts can't sign transactions. So other addresses can pay the SDX fee for you, for your transaction. Therefore, you can use stacks without owning any SDX. So you can hold all your Miami coin and New York coin and potentially even like Gen 2 city coins where you mine them with Bitcoin only. And stacks is only used as a logic layer, nothing else, right? Um, and you can use that without owning, owning SDX, which is like a really big thing. And I think... Definitely adoption from Bitcoin users into stacks will be really big once that gets more normalized. Obviously, everything's in very infant stages right now, and there's a lot of potential everywhere, right? If you have a problem, it's most likely being solved, but it's not fully built out yet, right? Um, so that's one of the cases of sponsored transactions. It's a huge market. I mean, think about it. You could have a service that will pay for all your stacks transactions with um so you pay them over lightning with bitcoin so you pay a subscription fee like every month or so and you pay them a few sats every month and then they will pay for all of your um transactions from your wallet so you will never have to own sds to use it and that's going to be really bid for bitcoin maxis etc 
um, and that's truly built on Bitcoin, right? Um, there's there's even um, I think pseudo Zach is working. I saw a grant the other day where miners might even be able to accept Bitcoin as payment, and I thought that was really ingenious because then the miners would pay it off themselves and effectively say, okay, he's already paid me for this. Um, he doesn't need to give me the SDX for it. Um, and in some cases, well, it's just giving the user loads of options, right? They can do as they please. You could even see a SIP come out for standardizing a sponsored transactions API. So you can have multiple services that will offer you different rates to pay all your SDX fees for you. Even think about it, you could have a, a Miami Twin service, right? You stack your Miami Twin with them and they'll pay all your SDX fees, right? There, there, there's so many different ways you can do this. And perhaps in like, as I said, you could have a SIP where some sort of API where the wallet can connect to and just request transactions to be paid for. And then you can switch between your service providers and your wallet really easily. And I think there's just massive potential everywhere, um, ultimately. But sponsored transactions are, I think, pretty cool. Definitely for um, Bitcoin-based adoption. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. And we are running up slightly on time, but um, how should projects get involved with Cybeta? You know, I saw recently that you're working um, with Alex as they um, really adapt to sort of SIP12 and those network upgrades. So I'm curious to hear from both that perspective and then also um, how should contributors get involved if they're interested in um, contributing? Sure. So the answer to both questions, as we're short on time, is um, just reach out to a Cyverian, right? We are a decentralized guild and every member has the same permissions as every other member, right? Um, they all have access to the private Savita chat. So if you if you contact one of them, whether on Discord or Stats, we're everywhere, right? If you've interacted with something on Stats, you've most likely touched one of our stuff, Um and if you just get in contact with them, say why you want to get involved or like what your project is or what your background is and like why you want to get involved, what are your skills, stuff like this. And then if they like you, if you if they click with you, you know, um, you can do this with multiple people, obviously. Like if someone, you don't get along with someone, but obviously. But people will be willing to onboard you and just get a feel for you and then they'll propose you to the rest of the guild members We'll have an internal vote and then get your project either supported or added. Or even if you've got an idea, we can help fund you and get developers on it. Or if you're a contributor and a dev wanted to come work on something, a designer, an architect, like you must have heard um, Will speak on um, stats when he's he's come from like years and years of building architect, building architecture and He's got introduced the stats and he's now the leader of grants at the foundation, the grants manager. So anything is really possible. Um, you've got anyone that's listening that wants to get involved has the power to, right? This is the user-owned internet. Everything's peer-to-peer. Things happen by you talking to people and the social aspect of it. Very cool. Um, thank you so much. I love that you've been, um, you know, we're just facilitating this community of folks that are so um, 
creative and industrious. And I think that we're going to have to have like almost a, a Civita series Stacker Chat special itself just to dive into some of these um, projects deep further um, and just to, to have more of the people that are in the guild here. But we're going to share resources for everything that you've mentioned, um, links to the contributors and the projects, everything down below. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Um, and I hope that we can do more stacker chats in the future. Um, but yeah, any other sort of closing thoughts um, before we sign off? Um, I'd say to anyone who's listening, keep building, right? Um, the, there's a, I think there's quite a few people coming from the Web2 world or just the corporate industrial world who are getting there they have the skills right you have the skills you're either trained you have a degree in something or maybe you don't maybe you're um like a 15 year old with practically no qualifications right you can do whatever you want in this ecosystem um if you all you need is our ideas right if you have an idea or if you if you're even just interested in building something right there are re there are like roles for everyone everywhere and throughout the ecosystem so my my final thought would be uh, my question to you as a listener would be please get involved this is a completely peer-to-peer -peer user network and bitcoin is you snacks is you right you and your friends you can build it out to be whatever you want to be so <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, everyone technical, non-technical, no matter what your skill set is. Um, well, thank you so much for joining Asteria and sharing your thoughts. And thanks to everyone watching. Um, if you enjoyed this chat, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Hero YouTube channel for more. And um, we'll see everyone again soon. Mm -hmm.